0: May all grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from Christ our Savior, who is our strength and our power and our vulnerability. Amen. So, our gospel lesson from Mark chapter 5 that serves as the basis for our sermon this morning. The theologian and, uh, and Christian author C.S. Lewis once wrote in his book, The Four Loves, to love at all is to be Vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. So wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your own selfishness. But in that casket, safe and dark and motionless and airless, it will change It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and also irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. He is, of course, speaking about what it means to love and what it means to be loved. You know, we have to lay ourselves bare and expose ourselves in order to love selflessly and to be loved. And he has a point here. You know, to love the way that Christ loves and to receive the love of Christ means opening ourselves up and not being proud and taking risks. And being vulnerable isn't always the popular option and certainly isn't the easiest. I can remember three times in my life when I was absolutely vulnerable. The first time I was about three years old and living in Panama when my father was in the military and I contracted spinal meningitis. I was already vulnerable, and meaning that you know, I was relying on my parents to raise me and help me to grow, but now I was really helpless to do anything. So I lay in the hospital for months on end as they jammed needles into me and withdrew the, at the base of my skull and in my back as they tried to get spinal fluid out. Seemed like it was never gonna end. And I imagine that my parents felt helpless at that point, too, as they listened to me wail and cry, miss all the pain. That's what you do when you love. You feel helpless at times. You're vulnerable. The second time was as a newly minted teenager coming out of my seventh grade year when I had what I thought were friends who turned on me and bullied me and picked on me because of the clothes I wore, because I wasn't the popular, fashionable kid. I didn't look like others. They uttered threats against me, picked on me, egged my house and everything else. It was the first time in my life that I just learned just how cruel human beings can be towards one another. And the third time, well, let's just say I'm still living that out right now. Here's the thing about vulnerability. Human beings typically will go to great lengths to avoid it, won't we? we? It's our human nature to hide our weaknesses. We don't want to be exposed. Rather, we want people to think that we have it all together. Being all together, then, means what? It means being competent, being strong, and being on top of things. And so, in order to put on that strong front, we hide behind a facade. don't talk about our fears and our frailties. It's kind of like the old saying, if you can't play the part, then at least look the part, or fake it till you make it, right? And some people think that vulnerability itself is a weakness, and in essence, it is. It is if one doesn't allow oneself to be vulnerable and seek help. I mean, let's face it, we cannot handle everything in our own lives, and we certainly can't take care of our own spiritual well-being. What we need to do then is this. We need to to change the way we think about vulnerability, because there is, at the end of the day, strength in being vulnerable. Three people in our gospel lesson today find this out. Jesus encounters three people who are vulnerable in one way, shape, or form. After dealing with a demonic man, Jesus encounters a leader of a synagogue. And then he encounters a woman who's been sick for 12 years. And then he encounters a little girl who's deathly ill. Three people, desperate, in one way, shape, or form, in their own way. So the leader of the synagogue now is a man named Jairus. He's supposed to have it all together, is he not? People look to him to solve their problems, to give the law, to do this, that, and the other. He's supposed to be a man of competence. He's not supposed to have any problems or show any weaknesses. He's a man of high social and religious standing. But now, now Jairus is desperate. That's what having a sick 12-year-old child will do. It'll bring any parents to their knees. And so, I imagine it's because Jairus really loves his daughter that he is willing to come out from behind that facade to take a risk and to make himself vulnerable and to reach out to Jesus, which is what he does. He falls at Jesus' feet and implores him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. A leader, high in the social ranks, exposed, raw, vulnerable, and desperate. And as Jesus goes with Jairus now, he has an encounter with a woman who's just the complete opposite of Jairus. She's no social standing. She's an outcast. She's been sick for 12 years. She's broke. She's deemed unclean and undesirable by society. Hasn't been made well by the doctors, but is growing worse by the moment. And she's heard of this Jesus and decided to take a risk. I mean, what does she have to lose at this point? She thinks, even if I touch his garments, I will be made well. Perhaps she's thinking, And nobody has to know. There's crowds around. What have I got to lose? And so it's crowded and she steals a touch of Jesus' garments as he comes passing by. Risky for her, but worthwhile, for she was immediately made better. The flow of her blood having dried up, healed of her disease, but not quite. For she wasn't fully exposed yet until Jesus questions who touches him, And coming forth now after Jesus calls out, who touched my garments? Knowing what she did, she comes in desperation and fully opens up to Jesus. Now being healed. For go, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Vulnerable, incapacitated, an outcast, unclean, Desperate. And then there's a little girl. It's easy to forget about her in this moment in time, isn't it? She's kind of in the back scenes here. She's, but the whole reason why Jesus now has had this encounter with Jairus and this woman. Twelve years old, deathly ill, vulnerable, and honestly at no capacity to do anything about it. And if it's not for her father fighting for her in a desperate plea... What would she do? The people from Jairus' house and community have given up, thinking she's dead. People are wailing and weeping. And what does Jesus say to Jairus? Buck up, buddy. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. And so he goes. He Kicks everybody out of the house. And heals her. Talitha kumai. Little girl, I say to you, rise. And the girl's healed. But she's vulnerable, incapacitated, and helpless. Maybe you can identify with one of these three this morning or today. Maybe you identify with Jairus. Maybe you've been in a position of leadership. Maybe you're the head of your household or a manager at work or or just kind of that popular person in your social group that everybody turns to when something goes awry. And maybe you feel like you have to have it all together and put on the strong front because people are relying on you and you don't want to let anybody down. And maybe you're that woman who's been suffering for 12 years. Maybe you're broke. You're an outcast. Deemed unclean. And you're at your breaking point. Maybe you're that little girl, and you are absolutely incapacitated and helpless and at no place in your life to be able to do anything about it. And then there's the other side of things. Maybe you know somebody who's like one of these three, somebody that needs help. You know, seeing others in a vulnerable state and doing nothing about it is just as terrible as being vulnerable yourself and doing nothing about it hiding behind a facade for the sake of appearances or keeping silent and not opening up and risking a chance to touch Jesus just makes life worse. And so what do we need to do about this this morning? You have to be vulnerable in order to love. And you have to be vulnerable in order to be loved. Jesus himself knows this. He made himself vulnerable. God let his son be vulnerable, given up his powers and sending him to earth to be in a state like us. Spat upon, beaten, crowned with thorns, hung on a cross. Talk about the ultimate vulnerability. But you have to be vulnerable to love. And there are a lot of people in this world who are vulnerable today, a lot of voices crying out, people that need to be heard, people that are relying on us to help them. And we ourselves are vulnerable, whether you want to admit it or not. It's only in admitting that we're vulnerable and having weakness that we're able to receive God's help. It's owning in our moments of desperation that we find the courage to sneak a touch of Jesus' garments, to fall at his feet and plead for his help, to discover the courage to be and to act differently. It's in our vulnerability and by exposing ourselves to Jesus, then that we learn of God's great love for us. He hears our pleas, he follows us and helps us to keep the faith. And when we experience God's for us then, then we know what it means to love other people. Jesus said to love God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so what are you going to do about your vulnerability today? How do we make ourselves vulnerable and fall at the speed of Jesus? we got to shove aside our pride, my friends we got to get our priorities straight and realize who has the true power to heal. Open ourselves up to them and let God's Word change our hearts. Don't keep it locked up in our selflessness or selfishness, but expose it. And that means being vulnerable. Exposing ourselves and seeking His help so that we can aid others. We don't have to have it all together because God has it all together for us. We just need faith in the one who heals. So I'm challenging us then. Let us be a community of faith, a place where we admit that we're vulnerable, where we can share our hopes and dreams and our failures and fears so that we may hear and proclaim God's word of amazing grace and unending love and His great mercy. So be vulnerable. Be bold about being vulnerable. And let us love God with all of our hearts and love our neighbors as ourselves. For love and to be loved means to be vulnerable. And to God be all the glory. Amen.